Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Stuckers, Chell and Josh here, as we are every week. Today we're talking about the power of active listening. So how well have you been listening? Not just to us, but to your clients, to the people around you. Are you actively listening or passively listening? Did you know that we only intake about 25% of what we actually hear? Meaning that most of the time we're not actively listening. So how is this going to benefit us if we choose to actively listen to our clients and their problems? Josh? Huh? Sorry, I wasn't listening. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, of course. Um, but it was an opportunity for a dumb joke, so I had to take it. Yeah, so I, I've i learned, at least in my business, that that listening to uh, to clients is paramount to them being happy with the service provided, if that makes sense. Um, so in the IT world, there's definitely a bad rap for uh, IT people who have no people skills whatsoever, right? And uh, I pride myself on being an IT person who can actually communicate with people. And I have figured out very quickly in starting my business that, um, you know, sometimes people come in and they have a problem obviously oftentimes they come in they have a problem and they start talking and within 10 30 seconds of them explaining their problem I know what's wrong and I know how to fix it and uh what I've learned is that it might seem efficient and good and great customer service to like gently cut them off and be like, I know what's going on. Let me fix it. Cause it'll take two seconds so that they don't waste part of their day. And that was actually where I initially came from. <laughs> and I learned very quickly, uh, people don't like that at all, at all, at all. And so what I've learned is whether they need to go on a five or 10 minute rant about how confused they are, how frustrating technology is, et cetera, et cetera. Even if I know in the first 30 seconds, I have to let them finish their thought. <laughs> and uh, luckily, I learned that very quickly. So for years now, I'm just actively waiting for them to stop and be be done and not be taking a breath, not anything that's cutting them off, um, so that they really feel heard. And that impacts how happy they are with the service because they feel like, oh, my gosh, I got to... I got to rant about everything, like subconsciously. They think I got I got to rant about everything. This guy really understands my problem. I usually, you know, empathize with them, and and not in a like uh, playing a game kind of way, like a manipulative kind of way. Like you really have to be empathetic to, <laughs> in this situation. If you fake it, people know. Um, but if people are talking about how frustrating it is, you know, I'll say like that sounds really frustrating. I get it, um, and. And they feel heard and validated and and they get to vent a little bit of that frustration out of the top of the boiler pot, you know. And and then 
I get to fix their problems. And sometimes that problem takes two seconds <laughs> and I don't even charge them for that. And they just had like a free therapy session. And sometimes I'm just a therapist and that's cool. But yeah, I have learned that. And I think there was a statistic, somebody, uh, I, I was just talking to somebody who mentioned it and, you know, I have nothing but hearsay and memory to back me up on this, but there's some study somewhere that actually has studied the the power of doctors, that it, it comes down to two extra minutes with a patient to make the, a huge difference in the statistics between doctors getting sued for malpractice or not. Dude, I totally and, believe that. Yeah. And it's all about those two extra minutes for the, the patient or the family or whatever to be heard and to understand, fully understand what's going on and what's being recommended. Um, and all it takes is two minutes, but of course in, in our health society here, uh, doctors aren't given those two minutes. Anyway, so I, somebody told me that recently and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I, I feel it's the same way in my business and I'm not getting sued for malpractice, but I definitely get people walking away not exactly happy or very happy because they got to talk about their thing and they got to ask questions and I got to make sure that they understood what I'm doing before they left. Not just like, yeah, shut up. Let me fix your computer. Okay. Goodbye. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think the extra 30 seconds or 10 minutes, sometimes it just depends, right. Can be right. extremely significant, not just in like a, a client, I guess, owner interaction, but if you're interacting with other people in your profession or other people you're just having meetings with, I think that can be really important as well. Because I've been to meetings where people don't let me get a word in edgewise and then like they just keep rambling or vice versa. Like if I do say something and then they're like, oh, we'll just cut in. So I try not to do that just because I'm a little bit more aware of it. But I have noticed that even in meeting settings, what's supposed to be in theory a professional setting, people do not practice active listening or just kind of an active conversation. So I think beyond the customer service aspect of things, kind of just in your everyday professional and personal life, active listening can really come into can really come into play. Yeah. And I, I think too the being cut off by people is generally people uh which we all do this, but people are planning what they're gonna say next, not uh listening to the rest of what you have to say. And so it becomes and I think we do all do this, it, it becomes this like, oh I have a comment on what she just said. And now all I'm listening for is a breath, you know, and so I didn't hear the rest of what you just said. And then I get to say my comment and, um, you know, there's all sorts of quotes. We'll probably end today's episode with one on, um, on, you know, speak, uh, less and listen more and, you know, twice as many ears and as you have mouths, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a hard skill to, um, learn if you're not good at it at all by now. Um, but it's one that I think everyone constantly needs to practice no matter how good you are at it. Definitely. And I think what's really key is kind of practicing your nonverbal responses. So like a head nod, a smile, eye contact, which you can't tell, but I'm doing that right now. <laughs> the head nod doesn't work in the podcast. <laughs> We do give each other a lot of uh-huhs in the podcast so that people can hear us actively listening. <laughs> That's the only way you can do it this way. Yeah. Um, the one that I really like, though, 
so I mean I guess you have to be in person but like if you're standing next to someone say you're meeting them for the first time or you're kind of just like in a networking environment if you have your arms crossed in that environment you're you're typically I feel like that kind of gives off a I'm not into this conversation kind of signal however if the other person is doing that and then you do that too that's mirroring so in that sense it's good but if one person has mm-hmm. the arms crossed and the other is like open free I don't know, jello arms. It's, you know what I mean? Like those, I don't know how to explain it, but like mirroring is a good thing. So if you're both jello arms, awesome. But if one person is jello arms and the other person has arms crossed, not a good thing. Jello arms are a good thing. I've always struggled with that because, um, yeah, arms crossed definitely give off a closed off, I'm not into this, leave me alone kind of vibe. And I don't know why, but um, for whatever reason, if I'm like standing up for a long time or just my back's hurting or whatever, arms crossed really supports my back. And so sometimes if I'm just like in a stand-up meeting for a good long time with somebody and I'm getting uncomfortable, I'll cross my arms to like relieve the discomfort. But then I, I'm also consciously aware that I look closed off and not into this. And I'm like, no, I'm into the conversation. I'm just uncomfortable physically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem for me that uh, arms crossed is so relaxing <laughs> to my back for some reason. I mean, I guess as long as the other person attempts to mirror you, it's a good thing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Only if I have the power and they want to mirror me. It's usually not my case. Though. <laughs> I want to mirror other people. I'm trying to talk up to people who I can learn things from. <laughs> I think another really important thing is avoiding distractions. So like if you are in a loud area, that could be a distraction, but you could also be causing distractions for yourself by like fidgeting or my husband does this. He does like the the foot tappy thing, the RLS, restless leg syndrome thing. Oh, I do that too. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all, but it bothers everyone around me. <laughs> he'll like, just like pick at his cuticles. And like when I'm trying to have a conversation with him, and I just like put his hand down. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now we're in, we're in a culture of we're so used to checking our phones that people aren't even thinking about it. They don't mean to be rude, but they're just having a conversation. They're listening and the hand just goes for the thing and the head goes down. And you're like, wait, are you, are you checking Facebook right now? (laughs) What's funny is that like, I've been in social situations or several social situations within like the last week or so. And like when one person grabs their phone, that's like cue for everyone to grab their phone and then silence. Oh yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I have noticed that. I was in a, a situation, like a family vacation a, a year or two ago, where uh, the whole family was out and about. And then we realized slowly that all the younger people, like all the millennials in the group, were actively talking. And the like grandparents were on their phones. Oh, my gosh. And like the parent level generation was a mix (laughs) it was like wait this is the opposite (laughs) of what's supposed to be happening (laughs) so then we of course got on our phones and took a picture of what was happening (laughs) (laughs) you know instagram or it didn't happen right so all this to say that listening with your eyes with your ears fully before responding with your mouth is absolutely key for active listening And also consider that you don't have to respond with your mouth, especially in a group setting, like a meeting. I think there's a lot of people in meetings who just, they're the people who get characterized as they like to hear themselves talk. And so they think, 
I have the best idea. I have the best way to say this. Let me say this. And I've found as one of those people, sometimes um, if I don't say anything, the thing I'm thinking of, somebody else says too. And, and that's, that's cool. Cause it, it make, it gives you, uh, I find as, as one of the more quiet people in some meetings, like when you speak, it holds more authority because you're not just constantly talking. Um, I was in a job once where, uh, I was just kind of lowest on the totem pole in terms of the staff there. And so in staff meetings, I barely said anything because I was not one of the real decision makers. I was just there to like know what was going on in the organization. Right. And, but every once in a while they'd ask me something or whatever. And, and, uh, one of the other staff there pulled me aside at one point. He's like, you know, when you speak in meetings, it's always something really brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, really? (laughs) He was like, yeah, like you don't speak much, but when you do, and I thought about it and I was like, Oh, it's because like I don't feel the need to speak all the time because I'm not in a position where I need to speak or run the meeting or anything. So when I do feel the need to speak, it's because no one else is saying something that I think is really important. <laughs> and, and then because no one else was thinking it, it comes off as a brilliant idea. But it's just that I happened to voice the one opinion that no one else is thinking. But whenever anyone else has that opinion, has the same opinion as me, they voice it before me. So I never say something that's like redundant in those meetings. I have a really good example of that. Oi, Oi. last year, Oi. Oi. last year I went to a conference. It was a pretty small conference. There was like maybe 50 people there. And I'm going to shout out homegirl Ellie Krieger. She was presenting. What up homegirl? Hey Ellie, if you're listening, she was presenting and I like just wanted to respond to a question so bad that I like didn't really fully listen to the question and then respond. And she's like, yeah, but that was like different. I was like, oh no. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if you've ever been around elementary school kids and we used to do like uh, improv shows in in schools in elementary schools. And then we'd end the show with like question and answer period. Right. So any questions and they'd always be like, I liked when you were a banana. (laughs) Okay, that's more of a comment than a question, (laughs) which is adorable with kids, right? But then when we as adults do it, we're like, oh, whoops. That's how I felt. (laughs) (laughs) Has nothing to do with what we're doing right now, little Celestina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Active listening is key, especially in a professional setting when you meet your idol and you make a fool yeah. of yourself. No, no big deal. No biggie. It's all good. <laughs> no biggie. Um, what else do we do to uh, to actively listen for those who don't intuitively do this? And for those who do, I think it's always good to have a reminder. You got some steps out there, right? So six fairly basic steps. The first one, pay attention. We've been talking about it for the last like 25 minutes. So One. Were you paying attention to us talking about paying attention? Two. Do so without judgment, Josh. (gasps) I'm full of judgment. Three. Reflect on it. Four. Clarify. So if you didn't understand it, be like, can you explain that again or just one more time? Five. Summarize it, whether that's internally or externally back at them. And then share. And that can mean you sharing your knowledge or just continuing that conversation in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Oh, that summarized step is good, too. That that comes into play where you, uh, if you want someone to really feel heard, you you tell them what you thought you heard, right? And 
and it gives them an opportunity to correct because in some situations you might be wrong they or or even just you were right with what you heard but it clearly wasn't the meaning they were going for and it gives them a chance to uh use different words to try and get their meaning across um but in most situations you're going to be like so what i'm hearing is this and they're going to be like yeah and that that little interaction makes them feel very heard although you don't want to go all the way to like customer service level and like parrot the whole thing they just said like if, you know if you call the technical support in india and you're like this happened this happened this happened they're like so I understand that this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Is that correct? Oh my God, you're wasting my time. <laughs> but that's the key between like just parroting back and summarizing. <laughs> exactly. And if you've ever seen the 1980s movie Clue, at the end when he recaps everything, you would understand what not to do. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Clue, you pause the podcast right now and you go see Clue. And then resume the podcast. It's time for a recap. One, use your nonverbal cues. Two, remember these key steps. Pay attention, without judgment, reflect, clarify, summarize, and share. Three, sometimes people just need to talk and you just need to listen. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Hey, remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast, would you please help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts? It really helps out the show a lot. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about developing a routine. You cannot truly listen to anyone and do anything else at the same time. M. Scott Peck. Sweat. Sweet.